The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the <laughs> podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, James Breakwell, and a psychologist. That's me, and you sound horrible. I do, and I feel horrible because I'm talking to you, and that's the only reason. It's nothing medical at all, but the podcast where we try to solve your ten, your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Evidently, I'm doing better than you because despite the fact that this is high tide for allergy season, I haven't been all that affected yet this year, so I am grateful to have made it well into April without being uh, completely ambulatory with allergies. I think my voice is going downhill. I think I burned what little I had left on that last podcast. And in the in the choice, you know, or in the process, damned myself to hell. So it was really probably a poor use of those last <laughs> words. But anyway. Well, you can't scream in agony when you're burning <laughs> from fiery pits. True. <laughs> very true. But I understand you have a follow-up you wanted to bring up this week. I do. I do. And not only is it a follow-up, James, but this is kind of exciting. I got a message from one of our, and I'm not even going to say how many we may potentially have being number two in Kenya and number 102 in Uganda, or the other way around. I can't remember. But one of our listeners from sub-Saharan Africa reached out to me, James. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because we had an episode, uh, I don't know, a month ago, maybe a little more than that, where a listener wrote in and said that uh, there are a number of details, but the, the takeaway that this listener from Africa uh, grabbed onto was that the question writer's mother thought of her, the question writer, as the mother's retirement plan. And uh, I don't know if you remember that question or anything about it, but you and I sort of mused a bit at how unusual and how unfair that was to the kids for the parents to kind of rely on them as their retirement. So uh, this lady, her name is Anita, and she has lived, she grew up in Kenya. She's lived in Uganda, but she said, actually, uh, at the end, she said, what I just said uh, you will find it in some form everywhere in Africa. Like this is not unique to Kenya or Uganda. But what happens, uh, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, is that the parents, uh, I'm sort of summarizing her message, which was interesting, but uh, school is not free once you hit high school in Africa. Like I think uh, grammar school, you can go and everybody, it's one come all, but when you hit high school, you have to pay. So wealthier families have an advantage over poorer families because they can fund their kids' continued secondary education. However, she said because the parents invest in the education of the kids, they expect payback in the form of, and she put this in quotes, a retirement plan. Huh. And she said, it's almost impossible if your family believes in that system or buys into it. She said, it's almost impossible to fight that system because it's so deeply ingrained and such a cultural norm there. So it's an unspoken expectation that if your parents send you to secondary school, you owe them a debt of gratitude in the form of some kind of retirement. I thought that was interesting. 
that is a steep price to pay and to put on a child who's probably really not you know old enough to responsibly make that agreement it's like okay you're 13 right now by the way by accepting this you will support us for the next 40 years just fyi <laughs> well i i don't know what the length of that uh, debt is but she did like i said put in quotation marks retirement plan <laughs> So I don't know, I guess uh, kids are chomping at the bit to go to high school and if they get the chance, it's worth whatever price they pay or they just kind of grow up knowing that's the deal, so that's the deal. Well, let's dive into this a little more then. What do you expect from your kids? That's a great question, James. And I've, we've, uh, wife and I have actually thought about that because from my position, that's a great question. We've invested a lot and more in my son, just because we had money when he was older or a kid, I guess. But uh, when my daughter was growing up, we had zero. So I, I feel a little bit bad about that. But so I, I don't feel like my son owes me anything. Like uh, that was the price of doing business of being a parent. And we get him whatever he needs. He's played hockey. He goes, both kids went to private schools. So there's that. But uh, he's we, we got him a car. My daughter paid for her car. But I don't expect I don't feel like he owes me anything. Just have kids of his own and pay it back. Yeah, pay it uh, pay it down to them, not up to me. Yeah, I also don't feel like my kids owe me a debt. If anything, I just hope they don't you know sue me for malfeasance as we as we go through this. <laughs> I I created them. I'll get them to adulthood one way or another. But I don't I don't expect to be repaid. I don't I, you know like I, I tell my parents all the time. It just uh, well, I guess my my grandmother just died a couple of years ago, and she uh, she made it so long. She made it to her nineties because she was so stubborn, but she wouldn't let anybody come and help her. And she really 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 should have been in a nursing home. It was super unsafe for her. Her to be on her own she could only sit in her chair but the only reason she made it along was she just wanted to sit in her chair and be left alone and i told him it's just you know when you get to that point you're, you're going to a nursing home and that's that <laughs> accepted this reality I, i've ex they've accepted that i'm not going to be inviting them into my home i can't be wiping butts or anything at that age okay i could be i just choose not to but at the same time i accept that if they go into a nursing home if they get to that point if they need you know there's not going to be an inheritance for me i mean it's all going to go to the nursing home that's just how it works it, it gets it gets wiped out so we will we will have a clean even break with no money changing hands at the end and that is and that is that for my own kids i've been laying the guilt trip on them earlier maybe just planting the seed that the greatest thing in the world would be to stay in this corner of indianapolis where we are now they can they can grow up they can stay here they can save money on college by going online. We can skip all that pesky room and board and all that. Hopefully COVID makes this <laughs> online college thing more popular than ever. We can for the next 20 years. Well, I just, I think it showed they're like, you know, everybody's like, well, you got to pay $60,000 for this university. Cause it's about, it's about the experience about meeting people about being there. And then all of a sudden overnight, they put it all online and they didn't change their price tag at all. It's like, now, wait a minute. What, what, what part of that was built in here? I mean, clearly if I can get the same education from home and not pay room and board, or why should I be paying room and board? Uh, then what, what's, what's the value of that? So I, I'm trying. So my goal, my ideal situation would be for them to go to online to college or go to close colleges. And when they get out to live nearby, because it just seems like 
the family I admire most, I know a family where they had eight kids uh, and they're all grown now with kids and grandkids of their own, but all eight of them stayed in the same area. And so for wow. birthdays and all that stuff, like they get together. Cause I remember one time my buddy, he was going over there. He was going to miss the gathering. I was like, oh, you're going to miss your whole family getting together. He's like, no, you don't understand. They get together for everything. <laughs> and I just think that'd be so cool. Cause that's what we were talking about in the last podcast growing up, you know, it was always a journey for me to go see my extended family. So if, if yeah. I could keep my kids close, uh, they don't have to pay a penny for me for anything. Just stay in this area and, uh, and we're good. James Breakwell, that was about the most touching and parental thing you have ever said. I'm proud of you. You're growing oh, up, man. Must be the illness that's going to my head. Well, you, you, <laughs> that was very nurturing. Well, you've already, I mean, you've only got two kids and they've already scattered. So, I mean, you, you see how hard it is to keep them close. Yeah, and uh, your family is a much tighter unit than mine. Like, of my four brothers, one's in Boston, one's in Houston, I'm here, and then the other one still lives reasonably close to my parents. But that's sort of the model that I'm coming from. And frankly, for me personally, getting a PhD is very uprooting. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I left home to get the, the, the school part of the doctorate, then I moved across the country to do a, an internship, then I moved across the country again to do a residency, and uh, here I am. So it, I'd never felt particularly settled. Yeah, and we experienced that a lot too. So, you know, our, me and my siblings grew up, it was a town where we didn't have any of our extended family. So I kind of feel connected to it now just because I went to high school there. But like if my parents went there, weren't there, I would never go back to that town again. It's one of those situations. But yeah, <laughs> of the seven of us, we're already scattered. So I'm in Indiana. One, our two siblings are in Missouri. One is in Oklahoma. One is in Virginia. And uh, the two that haven't left home yet are still in Illinois. But yeah, they just keep scattering further and further. So it's a, it's a hard thing and i think the college is that first you know that gust of wind on the on the dandelion there that blows it everywhere because yeah, you yeah, yeah. you go there if you go to a college that's far away you make friends that are far away you might marry somebody yep. that's from far away you make business connections that are from far away it just uh it all kind of spirals so if if at step one we can make we can have them do a college that's close and build that network close get the spouse that's close and that'll that'll solve all those problems <laughs> Very good, man. Boy, we uh, we legged this one out the full time. That was a good talk. We did. Oh, and we, we, we maybe learned something. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we just filled some dead air. Who knows? If you'd like us to answer your question in 10 minutes or less, send that in to jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's Exploding Unicorn with the E. It doesn't have to be a marriage question. It can be boyfriend, girlfriend, platonic friends, coworkers, parent, child, whatever you've got, send it in. This has been another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.